Welcome to another episode of the craziness that lives inside my head. It's 2023, and I've been talking to a lot of the young people, young gay people, young state people, you know, people in general. And they're so busy on their cell phones, on these, what they call uh, social media. And it's just, for me, is being that I'm an old man, I think it's crazy. I mean, I've heard stories about somebody on social media would say something bad about another person, the person get upset. I mean, I don't get it. In my day, you could say anything you want. I mean, we didn't have social media. But even if you say something that you want in, in, in someone's face, and most people won't say a lot of things in someone else's face back then, especially back then, because you know you're going to get your ass kicked. So with social media, these cowards can lie, can hide on the internet, so to speak, and say whatever they want to say, but they won't say it to your face. I find it very interesting. But that's not what this, I, this, this podcast is all about. I notice, I don't know, really, I'm, I'm not really into the LGBTQ community at this age. I'm hearing stories. I have a couple of friends. All my friends are older. But when I was younger, in the 70s and in the 80s, um, we had uh, the LGP community. We did have clubs, gay clubs. I know in the 70s and 60s you had uh, gay clubs that were undercover. I only went to one. I remember one in the 60s. Where you have to know someone who's in the club before you can be part of that club. Because everything had to be undercover back then. But in the 70s, when AIDS just about burst open, you know, you know, when AIDS probably took over the community, the gay community, there were clubs. And I don't know if you know my story, but in 1984 is when I have my uh, sober date. I got sober. In 1984. And in 1984 was the first time when you could say I came out the closet in 1984. So I kind of had to come out the closet in order to stay sober. It's hard to stay sober and you're undercover and sneaking around. So I got honest and came out the closet. And I went to my very first gay um, dance I should say, it was a dance. It was a Halloween party. And it was part of a club called Mirth and Girth. I, asked, I told some people about it uh, recently. Some of the old timers didn't know about Mirth and Girth. He said, what's Mirth and Girth? I said, you're 75 years old. You don't know what Mirth and Girth is? Well, Mirth and Girth was a club. I don't know if they still exist. was a club back in, I joined in 1984. It was a club for big gay men. Now, back then, I was 400-some pounds. And basically, that's what the club was about. It was a club about men, 300 pounds and over, attracting, because there was guys who like big men. It's like there's straight guys who like big women. And the club was called Mirth and Girth. And I went to my very first Halloween party, gay party. It was at the Lesbian Gay Center 
on 13th Street and 7th Avenue South in New York City, West Village. It's the first time I ever went, not sure it's the first time ever, but the first time I actually came out and went to an openly gay club and party. In fact, I kind of met my first gay boyfriend. His name was Thomas. That was 1984. And that was Merth and Girth. I got my, my cheat sheet here. Because there was a lot of clubs there and I can't keep up with them. My, the second club I joined, and this was in 1985, it was Gay Men of African Descent. And they also met at the center, the Gay and Lesbian Center. Gay and Lesbian Center was, as I say, the center for gay people in, in, in the 80s. And it was, you know, in the West Village. So they had a lot of clubs and, and, and activities for gay people to hang out, you know. So Gay Men of Af African Descent was my second gay club. You could tell by the name, it was basically, uh, well, it was, I hate to say black gay men, but basically anybody who's African descent. I know a lot of white people say, well, I'm African descent. Well, but basically, you know, you, you understand, it's gay men of African descent. And then you had, then in my next club was men of all colors together. That's also was at the center. And by that name, it tells you men of all colors together was white men and black men. White men who likes black men and black men who likes white men. Basically. Or men who likes anything. <laughs> and my, my fourth club uh, wasn't a club. Because they also had activities at the center. It was GMHC. That's Gay Men Health Crisis. In fact, I joined to be a volunteer to help out with the... Uh, with the clients in 1988. Now, 1988 was, was interesting. Um, 1988, I, if you wanted to meet somebody, being that I was sober, I, I, not that I couldn't, I was advised, being that I was a uh, recovering alcoholic and drug addict, to stay away from bars and places that has alcohol or drugs. So, yeah, if you want to go on a date or meet a man on a date, there's, there's, there's a couple of ways of doing it. And one of the ways was the um, personal ads. And the one paper that had personal ads back in 1988 was The Village Voice. And I put ads in The Village Voice, and that's where I met um, my uh, uh, another friend who was Larry. And Larry was an interesting. I might have made a podcast about Larry, but it was he was a very interesting. He was my very first, almost you hate to say, any gay as being gay. He was the first guy that actually, first gay guy that actually wanted to marry me, and knew how to go about. He was a he was a lawyer, and he knew he had a house in Vermont. And Vermont, according to him, back in 1988, was the only state. In the country that allowed that did gay marriage, so we was gonna get married in Vermont. He had a house in Vermont, and we were gonna live in New Brunswick, New Jersey. But that didn't happen for other reasons. But I think I, I think I had mentioned that in another podcast. And the next, the next thing, if if you want to find a date, which is very scandalous, we had the phone sex line, 
1993, I guess I got desperate and I went on the phone sex line. How that worked? Well, the phone sex line, you, you call up the number, you leave, you, you, you set up an account, you leave, a, a, I guess, a profile on, on, on the phone. And um, when you want to check out, you could call in that number. It'll tell you if anyone answered your, you know, your ad. And then they had where uh, a code, where you press in the code to contact this person. All you do is just leave a message for that person. If you want to leave your phone number for that person, you can. And I did. And his name was Tony. And Tony was a very interesting character. It was 1993. Um, he, um, he worked out. Which, and he was, he was drop dead gorgeous. He was black, drop dead gorgeous, great body. First time in my whole entire life I ever went to bed with a muscular bodybuilder. He was a bodybuilder. <laughs> That's another podcast. Anyway, um, so that was 1993. Um, that was 1993. In 1993, I got my first date online. Now, it was called the Web uh, the, the Why. World Web, I think WWW World Web, I think that's what they call it. And you didn't have too many gay dating sites online. This was one of the one of the first one. It was called Mailstop. And I I went on there and and, and I met um, my first date on online. His name was Nathan. And that was that was nineteen ninety three. That was you know. But I did. I what I should have mentioned in all of this. And all the dates that I just told you. In nineteen ninety, I joined a gay club called Gay Men of of Gay Men of the Bronx. And I belonged to that club from nineteen ninety to two thousand one. And it had a lot of uh, um activities. I think if you go to my uh I have another uh YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel called Fruit Extraña. If you go in there, you you will see all the videos um because I taped the videos of the activities of the club and I put them on uh, YouTube. At that time, YouTube, you could only put on 10 minutes. And then they, ch- you know, YouTube didn't come out to 2006. So by 2006, gay men uh, of the Bronx pretty much had disbanded. Um, after 9-11 in 2001, um, things change. Things change a lot in this country. And one of the things that changed that I, I just want to mention that I found for me, this is my experience. I didn't know what happened to all those gay clubs. Now, now, if you're hearing this and you know these clubs still exist, yeah. But for what I, I, um, I, uh, let me see. From after 2001, a lot of those clubs, I think, disbanded or just just disappeared. Now, there may be gay clubs, you know. I do know one thing. When AIDS came out, they had house clubs, sex clubs. Some people had sex clubs in their houses. I forgot there was there was two black ones. I forgot the name of them. If you join, you you secretly go to these houses and you have these orgies. That's what I heard. I've never been to one. But anyway, that's my little podcast right now about gay clubs in the seventies and the eighties. My name is Eric. And thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head.